Hey, welcome to Genre Exposure, a film podcast. Join us as we explore the wide world of cinema, broaden our horizons one movie at a time. I'm one of your hosts, Dustin, and as usual, I'm here with Michael. Hey! And Jason. Hey, everyone. What's up, guys? How you doing? Doing okay. Solid. Doing all right. Hanging in there. <laughs> You're all kind of in the dumps today for various <laughs> reasons. Yeah. It's, it is what it is. But we're good. We are stalwart. We are moving on. We're pushing through. Mm-hmm. We we're have committed. a pod to deliver, and damn it, we're going to do it. We're committed. Yes, and we are wrapping up our series all about Indian cinema. Which might have something to do with our present emotions. <laughs> I don't uh, know. We've had the highest of the highs. <laughs> we've had the lowest of the lows. All I needed to do was to get us across the finish line. I've hopefully done that with Ludo. When I chose Indian cinema as my block, I had no idea the roller coaster we were going to be on. <laughs> like, but I kind of cheated, and I was like, "What's Googled? Like, what's, what's the, the best, best yeah. Indian film?" And it's like, "Well, Tumbad is, is." And I'm like, "Well, that's mine." The, the benefits of, <laughs> of having the highest initiative. The rest of you guys can fuck right off and figure out whatever you're going to do. <laughs> <sighs> so we'll get into all of that, but first, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, and I've got a shout out. Yeah. Still not been able to get the good uh, podcast listening time in right now, so I've got another ancillary shout-out this time. Shout it! Um, You're going to get us... This episode should be dropping late into September. I want to talk about Halloween-a-Palooza, which is a horror film convention in Iowa. It is at the uh, Bridgeview Center of Ottumwa, and it is... Sort of like backed, ran, put together by the prescribed films people. Woot. Um, so they're going to have all the usual good stuff you would expect at a horror con. Um, Except us, because unfortunately we can't yes, make it. we cannot make it. It's a bit of a trip for us. It would really be, we would love to go. Um, they're very generous, too, in that if you are on the network, they kind of provide free space to have a booth and stuff. Which yeah, we're, we're hoping next year to Super be awesome. Uh, we're really going to have to plan out in advance to swing that kind of thing, but... Mm. A lot of the awesome, like, prescribed films mainstays are going to be there. I know uh, Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe are going to be there. I Like It Spooky is going to be there. I think the mainline ones, like Attack of the Killer Podcast and Cracktastic Plastic. So, yes. Nice. That'll be a um, good time. I wish we could go. Yep. So, I'll put the link in the show notes. Go check it out. If you're in that area, go check it out. Sweet. I love little local horror cons. Oh, like yeah. That. yeah. Those are the best. Forget the big ones. Mm-hmm. The small ones are the best. All right. So, what you guys been watching? How about you go first, Michael? All right. I am going to go with one that I got to review last year at one of those film festivals. I don't remember which one. I did like five back-to-back, so they're all kind of like they bleed in. Um, But it's finally available now for you plebs to watch. Um, So... (laughs) Wow. It sounded funnier in my head. And then when I said, <laughs> it sounds mean. And then when I said it, neither of you laughed. I was like, oh, that just came out like a dick, didn't it? Wow. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Uh, anyway, um, it is a film called She Will. Um, she the, Will what? The <laughs> um, <laughs> directed by uh, Charlotte Colbert, or Colbert. I don't know if she pronounces the T mm-hmm. or not. Um, Colbert sounds cooler, so it's probably Colbert. Yeah. Uh, but stars Malcolm McDowell, Alice Krieg, who's mm. fucking mm. awesome. Board she's, queen, nice. Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, and Rupert Everett. It is really much a, it's a slow burn. Um, I'll give you a synopsis. An aging film star retreats to the Scottish countryside with her nurse to recover from surgery. While there, mysterious forces of revenge emerge from the land where witches were burned. Ooh. Oh, yeah, I remember you 
talking about this one now. That's yeah. a cool premise. It really is. Um, it does not have the greatest reviews on IMDb, and I saw some people kind of shit on it. And they're like, well, I just don't understand. Like, is all horror slow? And I'm like, <laughs> no. But there's nothing wrong with an atmospheric film that's mm-hmm. slower and a little creepy and maybe builds a fucking message into it. Yeah. You might have to meet it halfway and think a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alice Creek is phenomenal in it. She's so, yeah, she's so good. Yeah. Um, Malcolm McDowell's not in it a lot. Sure. But when he is, he's a ruthless son of a bitch. Mm-hmm. Um, but... Yeah, but what's his character like? <laughs> <laughs> he's a ruthless son of a bitch. Uh, Malcolm McDowell also, uh, Star Trek alone. Star Trek yeah. Generations. Yeah. Played Dr. Soren. Yeah. Uh, there's your Star Trek <laughs> for the day. Holy shit. Okay. <laughs> um, it's gone now, Jason. You can't make another one. I mean, two already. <laughs> I'll do another one. You wait. So one of the biggest things is I saw somebody talking about this online, and they called it Dario Argento's She Will. It really pissed me off because Dario Argento is the executive producer of it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But he doesn't have shit to do with it. Like... It is not. It does not even at all remotely feel like an Argento film. Yeah, and so but they're slapping the his. Name, so I feel like that's one of those marketing ploys. It is. They're slapping yeah. his name on it, and then somebody was like, "Well, he's only the executive producer." I'm like, I don't think you know what an EP does. <laughs> like, they just give money. That's really all they do, and lend their name. Like, uh, what's that Mnuchin guy who was oh, Trump? Steve Mnuchin, yeah, Secretary of Treasury or whatever. He's a fucking EP on everything. Because he had the money, but nobody's walking around being like, well, that's a Mnuchin film. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody's doing that. I think of those like third tier Blumhouse movies where it's like, from the producer of the third Insidious film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like anyone gives a flying yeah. fuck about the producer on Especially the movie. these days where there are like 15 executive producers listed on any project. They're just like, what other bigger name can we attach this to in some way? Which, it really pissed me off hearing that though, because um, I think it completely takes away from the director of the film. Mm-hmm. And it's a feminist film as well. So when you have a female director doing a feminist film and then you take a dude's name and shove yeah. it on the top of there, it's like, okay, well. Yeah. Uh, anyway, I highly suggest you check this out if you can. Um, you can rent it. I don't think it's actually streaming on it's any like of the... like a VOD kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, but it's cool. pretty cheap. It's like six bucks or something on Amazon. I think it's great. I'd love for you to watch it. Tell me what you think. If, um, if Michael thinks it's worth paying $6 for, it's probably <laughs> really good. But here's the kicker. That says a lot. I didn't pay $6 for it but when would I watched you? it. Would, would you? Yeah. yeah, I totally would. See? Because uh, I would love for my wife to watch this one. I think she'd really dig it. That could be your critic blurb on there. I'd pay $6 for <laughs> this. I'd buy that for $6. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, she will. 2021. Check it out. Awesome. Cool. I'll go next. Okay, go for it. I'm going to follow up on something I said last time. Uh, last time I shouted out Darkseid releasing and their Blu-ray collection. Got in my package that I ordered, checked one of the films out, thought I would talk about it. Mm-mm. Which one was it? Uh, I watched Asura Girl, which is a spinoff of Blood Sea, the anime. Um, first thing about their releases, they are all, uh, I guess you would call them like mod Blu-rays made on demand. Hmm. Um, so I know some people have like an issue with that. I don't really care as long as I have the movie. Um, but they are like truly like a legit licensing company. It's just that's the model they're using. I'm sure it saves a lot of money. Yeah, from like hundreds of copies, yeah. like so. Um, but yeah, they, they look good. They were very nice. This even came. This one even came with like a slipcase, which was cool. Um, and you know, video quality, all that kind of stuff was great. Subtitles were clean, easy to read. 
Um, the film itself, so this is going deep into the like blood franchise, which I'm probably sure not either of you are very familiar with. Is it the the, the vampire blood, blood vampire? Yeah, I yeah. saw the original anime. I've seen one. Right. Yeah. So there's the original animated feature. And then they spawned a TV show that was kind of like a, an anime like redo of it mm. with its own continuity. Um, they've had several like tie-in novels. Then they had the actual live-action film, which was garbage. <laughs> and uh, Blood Sea has been the most recent thing they've done, where it's a complete like reboot with a new premise. And they brought in the creative team Clamp, which is a group of famous manga artists. And they had them sort of like redesign the characters and pitch like a new concept for it. So it's not the guy from Gremlins 2? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's in the movie. <laughs> um, and they're all a little different one-to-one, but like the, the core of it is always there is a vampire girl named Saya. She's a badass with a katana, and she's hunting monsters. So that's like the one through line on all of these. Do you really need more than that? No. Not really. So Asura Girl, it takes place... Um, Kind of like in the past a little bit more. I think it's supposed to be like a bit before World War II kind of time. And uh, there's like strict military rule going on. And it focuses on this little rural village that's kind of like out in the middle of nowhere. And they have these like special military police that are like there running investigations and stuff. And they're very much like taking advantage of the villagers, kind of down on them. And they're there because there's a serial murder going on where people keep turning up dead, drained of their blood. Hmm. So there's a lot of this whole, like, they're they're pressing the village. The villagers are, like, trying to have an uprising. They have this whole thing where, like, another reason they're there is there's people in the village that have, like, they want to, like, make things better. They want to make it everyone equal, uh, very progressive ideas. How dare they? And so um, they get labeled, like, there's a, uh, like, a communist, like, infestation in the village. Mm-hmm. And so the, the military's trying to root that out, too. Um, but, yes, one of the villagers is infected with this... Uh, Thing that makes them almost like a blood-sucking creature. Um, and so, typical to any of these these shows or movies, Saya shows up, she's hunting the creature, and she kind of has to work with the villagers to root out who the actual source is of the murders, hmm. while like navigating also conflict with the military police. Interesting. A lot of fun action, a lot of good gore, uh, crazy sword fights. You don't really need the continuity of the anime. There are little connecting pieces where if you've seen the anime... You'll be like, oh shit, this is that character. Mm. And there's like a little bit of a through line, but it's enough that like you could just watch it on its own and enjoy it. And then if you dig it, you could go on then into the anime. Very cool. So yeah, I had a lot of fun with it. It was super cool. Is the only way to get it to this company? I believe so, yeah. Mm. I couldn't find it streaming anywhere. There's like, of course, if you want to dig into the uh, the, the murky waters <laughs> of the, the land of piracy, I'm sure you can find a rip oh, of it somewhere. Uh, but surely. But yeah, this is the only like official way to get at it. Well, it sounds can, like a good Jason. company. Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like a good company to support anyway. Yep. So if you're interested, uh, buy it. I was super happy with it. I hope they license more Japanese cinema. Definitely. There's so much unreleased. All right, Jason, what do you got? I watched Orphan First Kill. Oh. Streaming on Paramount. Which, of course, I have because Paramount is the home of Star Trek. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs> and I think most people know the premise of this. It's a prequel to the original mm-hmm. Orphan film. She's uh, not a kid. She's not a kid. So Spoilers. spoilers. Right, right, right. We, <laughs> <laughs> you ruined the whole movie. Uh, yeah, this is a prequel. Uh, after orchestrating a brilliant escape from an Estonian psychiatric facility... 
Esther travels to America by impersonating the missing daughter of a wealthy family. Uh, I really like this movie. I was going in expecting, you know, just like some stupid cash in or something. Mm -hmm. But it's pretty fun. It's really good. I'm a fan of the first one. How did they navigate um, the actress, right? Yes, the same actress, Isabel Furman. Uh, Pretty much mostly low-tech... Uh, like Lord of the Rings type tricks of like mm. forced perspective and doubles and stuff like that. Yeah, I saw one of the cast photos where they had everybody in like the platform shoes. Yeah, so right. they could do like forced perspectives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's a lot of great stuff where because I knew what they were doing basically. I was watching for it, and like they'll have like her double, who's like a young child or a smaller person, like walking. You can see the back of her head, and she'll duck behind something, and then Isabel Furman would duck her head out. <laughs> and then the double would walk out, so you're you're just buying that it's her. Hmm. Uh, there's, I, don't, I can't say too much about this because there are some surprises, but it's it's good. I mean, she's she looks almost the same facially. I mean, it's obvious that she's, you know, an adult woman in this one, but you, you still, <laughs> but she's supposed to be. I know. So there's this great meta thing where hmm. she's like an adult. Playing an adult trying to pass off as a kid. I'm the dude dressed as the one dude. <laughs> <laughs> the other dude. <laughs> right, right. And it works. And she's really good at it. And uh, I recommend it highly. I'm glad to hear that because I've always loved the original. Yeah. I think if you, I assume most people know the twist, but if you didn't know the twist, watching it the first time is just like, ooh, it hits so good. What a twist? See, the thing is, I, I watched it way after the fact and I knew about the twist, but I still really enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Because I was watching it from the perspective of knowing, right? You know the twist. So, but uh, this was actually really enjoyable. There's some dodgy CG at the end that kind of bothers me. It's an indoor fire. <laughs> see, see. Yeah. And there's like zero smoke, and it's just. Mm, was it mm. in the same frame rate as the movie? Probably not. We were I mean, talking about that. It looked pretty blurry. I also watched The Samaritan, which is that new Stallone movie mm-hmm. on Amazon, and I sent. Uh, Jason and Dustin a message about how pissed off I was about the CG fire because I felt like it was in the wrong frame rate of the rest of the movie and it just completely <laughs> completely was, took me out of it. It was probably some plug-in effect or something. They used. If it's that fucking hard to do fire, you should write your scene to where you don't have to have fire. Like, yeah. if it's yeah. that hard, yeah. don't do it. Uh, but anyway, uh, I recommend it, especially if you already have Paramount. You know, got nothing to lose. Check it out. Because why, why would why would you have Paramount Plus, Jason? Well, you know they do have all the Star Trek shows on there. <laughs> so if you're a Star Trek fan, <laughs> you really should have Paramount Plus. We need to find a uh, Star Trek podcast that we can like send you to. <laughs> oh, oh, he's got that. one. I got, there's a couple I can think of right now. <laughs> he's got one. Yes, please. <sighs> I'm saying just borrow him every few months for like one episode so he can get this out of his system. Wait till I make us do a Star Trek (laughs) block. All right, we are wrapping up our series on Indian cinema. Thank God. We're talking about... <laughs> Anurag... It's my fault. Sorry, it's my fault. <laughs> We're going to wrap it up with talking about Anurag Basu's Ludo from 2020, which is a Netflix original. Just want to make that clear. Hell hath frozen over. <laughs> yeah. We are now in the end times. I have selected a Netflix original for us to cover. 
Oh boy. Um, I would like to note, though, and we'll maybe talk about this more as we go, but this was one where it was already made, and then they just sold it to Netflix. Of course. That's pretty much Netflix's mm-hmm. MO for anything that's not one of their babies. I think when I was looking up about it, I was reading... Uh, at first, they thought it was going to go to Amazon Prime, and then that kind of fell through. And I guess Netflix swooped in and bought it up. Bezos was probably like, I ain't paying for that. <laughs> uh, I'll hit you guys with... <laughs> I spent too much on Rings of Power. <laughs> yeah, I don't got no money for that. <laughs> I'll hit you guys with the synopsis to start us off. Please. From a resurfaced sex tape to a rogue suitcase of money, four wildly different stories overlap at the whims of fate, chance, and one eccentric criminal. Now these misfits, miscreants, lovers, and losers are all unwitting pawns in this unpredictable game. The only way home is to keep playing. Okay. Yeah. That's a that very... Is a, that is a synopsis. It's a synopsis. It, it doesn't cover synopsis. very much, but it's a synopsis. <laughs> Jason and I were talking before you got here. It's like, Dustin's going to have to lead us through this one, because I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what the fuck happened to this movie. <laughs> really? I think it's pretty straightforward. Well, thanks, Dustin, for wow. insulting my intelligence. <laughs> you plebe. <laughs> um, if, only, yeah, if only someone hadn't have been an absolute asshole <laughs> ten minutes ago and called people plebes. <laughs> now I, I followed what was going on. I just don't remember the order of things. Okay, we'll, the, we will bounce around the a little nature bit. of the film. Um, it's very like it switches perspectives a lot, and there's a few like defining plot points, but then the in between it kind of all just flows uh, here and there. I'm trying to explain it with my hands, even though we're a podcast. <laughs> right, right. They can see it. Don't worry. Um, it's hypothetical. But as far as like a genre, so I think officially this is considered a black comedy crime film. I can see you guys that. all happy with that. Uh, I don't really see the black. I guess I think there's a little bit of black comedy. I think maybe that, I that's suppose. a cultural like what is considered a black comedy. No, okay. There yeah. compared to here, I get that. I'm not gonna say anything. It's fine. Keep going. Okay. Um, one thing I wanted to bring up too is in the past when we did our anthology films, we talked about the idea of a hyperlink movie. I think this film was an excellent example of a hyperlink. Film. I was going to ask you if you think this is hyperlink. Yep. Especially when you get into some of like the second string connections of how people are connected, mm-hmm. and you would like crisscross between the four stories yes. to link everybody. So to recap, hyperlink is just something where there's like a bunch of random stories that eventually come together mm-hmm. in some various way, like a Tarantino film, basically, like Pulp Fiction or something. Well, watching it, it made me think back to our anthology block, and yeah, it's like it's kind of there, mm-hmm. but we discussed that at the time. So if you don't know anything about anthology films why don't you head back a few episodes and just check out our block and anthology films yeah we'll, we'll put the link in the description below yeah smash don't forget to smash that like and subscribe button. oh my god ring that bell <laughs> so uh this was postponed for its release due to covid so that's we're, we're in the time where that's actually a thing going on um Basu not only directed the film, but he also wrote it and served as a producer for it. Didn't he shoot it too? Yes. And he had a lot to do with the production design. Hmm. And, and it is shot very well. It's a very good looking movie. Yeah, visually, the cinematography is like top notch. Mm-hmm. And Basu also plays a character in the film, which I'll bring up once we get there. Okay. This is very much a stark departure from uh, 13B. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wow, we have a budget. Hmm. So maybe the first thing we should talk about before we... Well, we can get a little into the film, I think. Sure. Before we sidetrack on totally un, irrelevant but kind of relevant things. Uh, when it opens, we've got these two individuals that we're focused on. 
Um, they're never really given names, but they're so- sort of our narrators, kind of in a way. Um, but they're they're gathering together, kind of out in this like little remote location, near where there's this like. I guess you wouldn't really call it an island, but it's yeah, like, sort of like this, like a dock city almost, yeah. like a floating little mini city mm-hmm. out on the bay. And they Waterworld. <laughs> yeah, just it's, it's exactly that. <laughs> Except they're, nothing like they're, that. They're but. peeing into filters, and <laughs> drinking it. Ah, uh, Waterworld. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So they they gather together and they're kind of just you know chatting with one another, joking, and they get into that they want to play Ludo. The sweet iPad app too. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, like, because you told us that it was based on the game Sorry, mm-hmm. and I was like, are they just gonna bring Sorry with them? Like, they're just gonna pull a board <laughs> out? And they was like, no, they've got it on the iPad. And I didn't know Ludo was a game. You uncultured swine. Seriously, I had no idea it was a game. <laughs> he told us the last episode. I wasn't paying attention. So let's let's lay this down. <laughs> this is what I wanted to divert on. So Ludo is a strategy board game for two to four players in which the players race their tokens from start to finish based off the roll of a die. Um, It's considered a type of a cross-and-circle game, and those are all games that were derived from the Indian game Pachisi? Parchisi? Parchisi? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Parchisi, yeah. 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 Um, Thank you, Michael, on that. The game and its variations are popular in many countries, and they have many different names. The ones that we're going to know for people in America are things like Sorry and Trouble. Except this one did not have the pop-o-matic that pops the dice for you. <laughs> no. Um, so the actual original game itself was created in India in the 6th century. Holy shit. Um, the earliest evidence of the game uh, was depictions of boards on cave paintings in Ellora. Wow. Uh, the, the original version was also described in the Indian epic, the Mahabharata, in which one of the characters uses a cursed die to beat the uh, Pandavas. Where's that movie? The Mahabharata is pretty interesting as a as a work mm-hmm. of like classic epic yeah. fiction. Yeah. Prime area to mine for like awesome films if anyone wanted to. And there's probably some good Indian films that adapt. I'm this sure stuff. there are. We didn't get to them this we, time. We have barely scratched the surface <laughs> of any type of. In- so our our little cross section is just tiny compared to what's out there. Mm-hmm. Um. So basically, the original game uh, it didn't use a die and. With the British, as they were a thing and getting involved uh, around like 1896, they modified the game to use a die, and that was when it became Ludo. So, so the British swept in and fixed this game <laughs> that was eight centuries old at the time. And yet that's kind of the one that's endured to become like a popular <laughs> thing to then be in this movie. Right. That's just what the British do, right? That's what the British do. They go around fixing all the world's problems. <laughs> yeah, obviously. They come in there like, this is stupid. Should be a should be a fucking dice there. That's Australia. I don't even know what I'm doing. So yeah, they're they're playing Ludo. They're they're chit chatting, and this is where we notice like someone comes up. They're approaching this like little like floating city, mm-hmm. and they launch off into this story. Yes. Is this where the song starts? That super catchy, infectious song that like goes through the whole movie. I do believe. Yeah. Everybody. You know what I thought was interesting is this one, like Tombat, it has the songs, but they use them again as like a montage or like a set piece kind of thing. Yeah, right. It's more natural. Mm-hmm. Yeah. More and I wondered because Tombat is relatively new, Ludo is relatively new. 
whereas 13B was a bit older, right? Mm-hmm. It was 2009. So I wonder if that's almost like a shift that's happened in filmmaking I think it over is. Time. I mean, there's definitely a Hollywood influence going on here. Um, so we meet, I guess, the first of several central characters, and that is our eccentric uh, criminal mentioned in the synopsis. Mm-hmm. And that is Rahul Satyendra Satubaya Tripathi, or Satu for short. Yes. He's sort of a crime lord, and he's the one who actually runs this like little floating city. Right. And um, he shows up at this dude's house. There's a guy in a bathtub. Mm-hmm. He gets called from him on the phone. And it's really great because he like walks in and like lifts his leg and sits it on the tub. And he's got the <laughs> pistol like strapped to his inner thigh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've never seen a hitman wear like traditional like garb before mm-hmm. and make it work. You know, like, cause yeah. when he, when he lifts his leg, I'm like, the fuck? Oh, yeah. That makes oh. it easy to get to your gun too. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, both of them. Keep going. <sighs> yeah, yeah. So he, uh, he guns this guy down. He like runs and falls out the window. And this is the inciting event that sets off a chain of several different stories that are all going to eventually link up at Satu's domain. Yes. And what the film does, like, it really leans into this Ludo concept. And so basically, these characters make up the different sides that would be the four colors in a game of Ludo. And Satu is sort of cast as the die. Because he is the force that moves all yeah. of them. He's like the random chance. Mm-hmm. The, the uh, yeah. I really... <laughs> word I can't think of I don't of know what right I'm now. about sorry to tell X you X Factor. The that's what I was saying. He's that X Factor that's just sort of bouncing around. The, the chaos element. Yeah. And I really like how they cast the film this way. It's like clever. It, it amused me. He, it he's probably the best character. Yep. Um, so I think rather than go in perfect order, let's just go through the sides really quick and kind yeah. of set up their introduction. Like the things. colors and stuff. Yeah. So for the yellow side, we have Akash and Shruti. So Akash is somewhat of a comedian, somewhat of a voice actor. Kind of just like a really, really cool guy that's down on his luck. He's a ventriloquist, which might be the lowest of all entertainers. So I don't know. I think you're being a little. I thought his bits were pretty funny, <laughs> and I usually hate like the ventriloquist dummy type comedians. But uh-huh. you saw what happened in uh, Dead of Night. Dead of Night. Yeah. yeah. So you should maybe shut your fucking mouth about ventriloquists. <laughs> um, but yeah, he's just he's just living his life, having it's a good, good time. Go. Um, and he finds out about a sex tape that's been leaked on the internet that everyone's watching of he and his dummy. And what he discovers <laughs> is that it's of him and a girl he hooked up with. It's a very comical. They don't like, again, this is like, I think this pushed the envelope a little bit for like what we've seen. I out was of wondering Indian that Indian cinema, yeah. but it's it still no means explicit explicit. Yeah. We hear the audio. But we never see what's on the screen, but it's this hilarious thing where he is a voice actor. So he can do all these funny voices so it's implied that there's a part where she like starts riding him and he makes a horse sound. Yeah. <laughs> and it's freaking yeah. hilarious. Um, it plays really well, too, for the fact that they don't show anything. Yeah. But anytime he has to bring it up to somebody, he's always like, put your headphones in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, don't, this is porn. But, don't watch this in public. You don't see his face, but you do see her face. Right. At yeah. That point. What he discovers is that the way the camera was set, it seems like this was like a camera like hidden in a motel. And it captured the girl, but not him. Mm-hmm. And so he kind of looks her up because it's clearly they've like disconnected. And when he finds her online, it turns out she's about to get married. 
And so he kind of has this like, oh, uh, like a sense of guilt that comes over him. And he wants to get it taken down for her sake. Right. This is um, Shruti. Yes, Shruti. Played by Sonia Malhotra. Yes. And I should say Akash is uh, Aditya Roy Kapoor. Look at me coming in clutch with a name. And since we didn't talk about it, Satu is played by Pankaj Tripathi. Yes. Didn't he win like the equivalent of the um, Academy Award for this? I read that somewhere. Did he? Interesting. Yeah. He gave a great performance. Yeah, he was great. Yeah. He was really fun. Which one? Pankaj? Oh, uh, they got playing uh, Satu. Yeah. Because okay. he's really like the core of the film, so... Yeah, if, he, if yeah. he were off, it would make everything else be off. He holds it all together. But yeah, so Akash goes to see his uncle to try to see about like, okay, how can we get the police to like step in and actually like pull this down off the internet? It's pretty complicated. They basically need Shruti to go there to file the claim. Mm-hmm. So he goes on a little trek to track her down. And he finds her with like all her friends and family, and they're preparing for this wedding. And there's some great awkwardness of him trying to be like, hey, I got to show you something. Can you come over here? And she's like, well, <laughs> yeah. just show me. He's like, no, no, I really need you to come over here. Let's, let's get out of the way over here. And uh, yeah, when she finally sees it, of course, she's alarmed. She's immediately mad at him. Yeah. Uh, but we kind of learned later on that it was like neither person's fault, really. It was like the hotel was yeah. like had tons of cameras. Yeah. I think, I think that's the assumption that any woman would jump to. Oh, yeah, that yeah. He had hidden the camera. It's totally fair. Yeah. Totally fair. Yeah. Um. Up to and including, she takes his phone and slings it on the ground and breaks it. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a pretty funny scene because he's walking away and then he turns around and she throws the phone down and he realized like he left his phone with her and he has like this moment of, oh shit, <laughs> this is my fucking phone, man. Um, but she's not really interested at first um, until she is like messaging her fiance and she just kind of casually like, hey, you don't watch porn, do you? <laughs> His face, his face too. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. <laughs> they do. So it's kind of interesting, though, of a comment that they make to address the fact that porn is technically outlawed yeah. by the Indian government, and they make a funny comment where one of them's like, uh, "A lot of good it does to be outlawed because it's like every time I turn on the internet, it's all I fucking see." Yeah, and, and I, I do think that's a really nice little jab there that's like What's sure the point about long you can yeah, say yeah. you can take the right. high horse or the as my wife would say the high hill or i don't know <laughs> i don't know, you know is, she, that the, is that the high horse you want to die yeah. on <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry i love my wife she's very smart she just doesn't she can't say colloquialisms at all it's fine it's totally fine <laughs> she doesn't listen to this so it doesn't matter um yeah so uh, she doesn't seem interested in helping with this process, and so Akash's uncle sets him on the path to go talk to Satu, because his uncle has dealt with him where he's a lawyer, and this is like a local crime lord. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, you know, we'll, we'll go, we'll talk to him, he can probably get it pulled, he'll take care of you. Right. So boom, that's our yellow side. I guess next maybe we should go to the green side. Which again, two characters we've got going on. Another guy and girl duo here. We have Alok Kumar Gupta, also known just as Alu. And we have, he's played by uh, Rajkumar Rao. He has a great face. I like his face. Yeah, he's, aside from the, uh, from Satu, he's probably my favorite character. Very emotive. 
Um, he runs a local restaurant that's super popular, and the dude's got some dance moves. He does. And kind of a rockabilly look. Yeah. It's very 80s. Um, and kind of the setup we get about him is that he's this guy who's like jack of all trades. He can do everything, and he is good at everything that he tries to do. And he originally kind of did these like con jobs where he would like scam people out of money, and he eventually spun that into opening the restaurant and having a legitimate business. But he has one weakness and one flaw in his life. Pinky. And that is Pinky, played by Fatima Sana Shaikh. Pinky is his childhood love. Mm-hmm. They grew up together. He's been obsessed with her since they were little kids. He does everything for her. Whatever she needs, anything she wants, he was there automatically. He's helpless to say no to her. He can never say no to her. However, she did not reciprocate his feelings and got married to a random rich dude. Yep. And he's miserable and eternally pines after her. Mm-hmm. And I gotta say, I never had much sympathy for Pinky. Oh, yeah? Yeah, she never really won me over. No, she did not me either. Yeah. <laughs> I was really... And even with the whole arc with those two, I was really hoping at some point her character would slightly turn enough that I would be like, okay, she never did. Yeah. I was still like at the end, I'm like, he's better than you. Like, he's way better <laughs> yeah. than you. I yeah. do think it's yeah. part of it's supposed to be a comedic thing where sure. like, she doesn't notice him and what he does. Right. She comes off very, very... Shallow and mm-hmm. selfish yeah. and... Uh, there is an incredible scene with him though when when they first introduce his restaurant and he's talking to yeah. a table and like running down all yeah. the things that <laughs> he's they doing have. like his rap of everything and it's like yeah. and he's doing like a dance with it too mm-hmm. and it that scene was very captivating yeah. which also playing into the fact that he was like a con man at first their restaurant like copies the recipes of every other restaurant yeah. to compete with them. and all of his con uh, like his con man crew yeah. work his restaurant <laughs> um. But he's not really the one with the... I mean, he's pining after Pinky, but Pinky's the one with the actual problem in this setup. Her husband's been going around behind her back. Yep, even though they have a kid. And so one night she decides to kind of stalk him and confront him and find out who this other woman is. Mm -hmm. Which we quickly learn he is seeing someone on the side, but he notices he's being followed and he kind of ducks out to go talk to one of his business associates which happens to be the guy from the intro that Satu murders. Yes. So we see this scene again from another perspective, from um, her husband's perspective. Don't remember his name. I was looking. I don't see him on the IMDb. I don't think he has a high billing because he's... He's in the movie quite a bit. Quite a bit, but he is pretty lame, to be honest. Oh, yeah, he's a douchebag, but... I don't remember either. I don't have it written down. Yeah, but he goes to check in on him, and he's there right when Satu kills the guy. I think it was his name Bender, I think. He was like a builder. He re- he did like construction, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so he's there when the murder happens. And he flees, because he's going to obviously be incriminated in this. And it sets about this whole, whole mix-up where... Basically, he's going to be implicated in the murder... Unless he can prove some kind of alibi. Of which he wants his alibi to be that he was with the lady he was cheating on. Pinky with... But they run into a problem. So her husband gets thrown in jail. And Pinky has to first learn the terrible truth that he was cheating on her. Yeah. And then she gets tasked with going to find the other woman so that she will speak up on his behalf. Yes. But she won't do so unless she's paid well. Yep. I mean, dude's kind of a douchebag, so <laughs> does it matter? 
but he's the father of her child. Well, I mean, the the one who oh, won't yeah. do it because she's if she's paid well, you know, yeah. like I I don't blame her. <laughs> she also blatantly saw him like duck out on yeah. her <laughs> like, <laughs> as he realizes that his wife is following him. He's like there to pick her up, mm. and he, when he sees her, he's like just completely just drives off, and she's like, "The fuck." <laughs> So, with no one else to go to, she turns to Alu. And immediately kind of turns on the waterworks, and he automatically, like, gives in. But I love how it happens, because it's like, she asks him, and then he goes into the back room and, like, cries for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> he's so emotional. <laughs> and then he comes back, he's like, I'm going to take care of it. It'll be good. Poor Sap, man. Like, yeah. yeah. I legit, of, of all the characters, I think I felt for him mm-hmm. the most... Because he's all, I think he's, everyone knows someone like him. Yeah, I was thinking like either you've been this person or you know someone that was this person where they, they, you they are this person. They pine for someone so much they would literally do anything for them, but their, their like feelings go unnoticed. I was that in my younger days. Mm-hmm. And now, now mom, he doesn't give a damn what I think. Yeah. <laughs> he's come a long way. Yeah. Jason, I will never reciprocate. <laughs> yeah, I'm, so, I'm with I'm you, Michael. I'm a taker, I, not a giver. I, I won't lie. I had a time in my life where I kind of, like, I could see that and, like, look at this character. I'm like, oh, I can relate to that. He's a simp. We, <laughs> he's a beta cuck. <laughs> <laughs> we've, all, we've all had those crushes that were so overpowering, we would have done anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they set out to kind of raise the money to bribe this lady to talk. Yeah. And he's he's like using his savings, right, mm-hmm. and like his fellow employer sa- employee savings and everything. And so that brings us to the red side, which is kind of a lone lone loner for this. There's not like a little duo group. Well, there there is, but it develops later. So we have um, Batukeshwar Bitu Tawari, played by Abhishek Bachan. So B2 was kind of an enforcer for Satu in the past. Mm-hmm. He was like one of his top men. Pretty brutal guy. He would just like run people down and kill them if that was what needed to happen. Um, but he falls in love. He meets a woman. He kind of wants to give up on the whole like life of crime, that kind of thing. They have a kid together. And he ends up taking the fall and going to jail. Yeah. Satu pretty much... Uh, framed him for something, right? Mm-hmm. Or yeah. told the police about it, so they take him away. Because he was trying to quit. Yeah. You know, the most classic of crime stories. You, right. you want to get out and you You're can't. never out. Yeah. You're never really out, buddy. <laughs> no matter what, they pull you back in. And so B2 has just gotten out of prison, finally, from years ago when this first happened. And he immediately wants to reconnect with his now ex-wife and kid. Mm-hmm. And there's some awkwardness there because she married... Oh, darn, I don't have his name. He's vaguely important to the plot, but it's uh, it was like a former friend of B2. Right. You know, know just, just like the classic American comic book Spawn. The, uh, the, the former <laughs> wife married the best friend. <laughs> a Spawn reference, Is that too really? deep a cut? No, no I mean, it's just unexpected. Hey, man, it's still running. They're still making it, so... <laughs> Okay. Are you just going to be like Jason now? Yeah. Like when he tries to slip in Star Trek stuff every episode, you're going to go for Spawn? Yeah. You're just going all we'll in see. on Spawn We'll see references. if I can do it. I doubt it. Okay, well. I don't mean to challenge you. Please don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my Spawn fans out there, man? Shout out. Let, let me know. 
There's one guy. Woo! <laughs> 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 one guy stuck in the 90s. So, yeah, uh, when he goes, of course, like his wife doesn't want anything to do with him because he's a criminal. Um, and we learn that the kid has been put off into like a boarding school kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Which is good for her. <laughs> um, they're running, what is it? It's like a, a hair salon? Yes. But it's plagued by random thugs that work for Satu. They yeah. want protection money. Shaking them down, yeah. yeah. And they're struggling to pay it. And so B2 decides he has to go see Satu to speak to him because uh, his friend gets abducted where they're not keeping up with the payments. Mm-hmm. And the wife is all devastated, and he, of course he wants to help her. Yeah, I mean, it seems like a good time to, you know, his friend's out of the picture now. <laughs> You would think, but I guess he's he's a a good guy. He's very noble. Yeah. Maybe prison straighten him out. Seems like it. Does anybody have that song stuck in their head now? What song? No, that's just you. (laughs) You can't recount the events of this movie, but you remember that song. (laughs) Wow. It's but that song plays through like a bunch of the movie like it, it keeps does. popping it in and out. It's it a does. great song too. And I don't I don't it's a banger from mm. I don't know like some old Indian film like 50s or something. Oh yeah, they keep watching it mm. throughout the movie. Yeah, but, Satu uh, sings it too yeah. when he's going to kill the guy. Right, right. It's I it's stuck in my head now for the entire rest of the evening. Mm. Well, um that brings us to our last side which is blue Blue. Yes, blue. And this is again two characters. We have Rahul Awashti, played by Rohit Saraf. He's just a down on your luck guy trying to make it in the world. Got a shitty boss. Got a very shitty boss at a very shitty retail job. And it's the kind I I, I feel him, man. Can feel you him, relate? You know? <laughs> uh, do the littlest thing wrong and they're dogging on you. Uh huh. Oh, you're wearing a blue shirt too. Yeah. Is that in solidarity? <laughs> yep. I'm with you, man. Team blue all the way. Team blue. Um and Kind of a foil to him with a very similar situation, Shija Thomas, played by Pearl Mene. So she is a foreigner in the city who barely speaks Hindi clearly, and she works as a nurse at a hospital. And she also takes shit from her fellow employees and mm-hmm. boss. And it's just barely scraping by. It's really but, insensitive, too. They keep making fun of her and stuff. Yeah, a little, little not cool. racism there going yeah. on. Um, but they both are kind of in this situation where they're trying to get by and they have these dreams and aspirations of, you know, a, a bigger life, a better life. But unfortunately, they're kind of at the mercy of fate currently. And unfortunately for Rahul, he ends up getting picked by Satu's gang. Because he ends up at the mansion where that murder happens from the start of the film. Right, he was looking for a place to sleep. Yep, and he was wandering the streets. Yeah. So it's like a bus stop or something outside of his yeah. There's a bus stop right or whatever it is. Yeah. So when uh, Satu shoots the guy and he jumps out the window, he kind of falls through the roof of this thing. Mm -hmm. This was a funny scene. Yeah, hilarious. Yeah, because or who wakes up and the guy (laughs) his junk's obviously in his face because he was in the tub, so he's naked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he gets picked up by the gang and brought to Satu's little base operations. Right. So in that way, we have assembled. Everybody's there now at the place. Mm-hmm. All to meet with Satu for various reasons that they have to be there. It's like the beginning of an RPG session. Mm-hmm. We got to get everybody to the one spot. Got to go meet the crime boss. Um, 
Not to give this film too high of a praise, but it also did make me think of my favorite film of all time, Love Exposure. <laughs> Just in how you have like these like disparate stories, but then there's one inciting event in the middle that both connects everybody, but then also kind of blows up the plot. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of the film is like playing that out. Yeah. Which isn't the first film to do that. I know no. there's other films, yeah. but I always love that style. Mm-hmm. So it endeared me to this one. It's very Tarantino-esque. Mm-hmm. What's the other one I was thinking of? Like, uh, kind of like a lucky number Slevin. That was going to be, a, I was going to bring that up, mm-hmm. that this felt a lot like that. I never mm-hmm. saw that one. Ooh, it's good. It's a, You'd hate it. See, Michael knows what I like <laughs> or dislike. I, I will sit here and tell Dustin as well. I do enjoy it. I liked it. I thought it was good and quirky. I The but, title put me off. The title alone annoyed me, But so I never checked it out. I can tell you with 100% assurance that Jason would be like, no. <laughs> I trust him when he says this. Not for me at all. <laughs> <laughs> so we get a little bit more with our two narrators. They're, they're playing another game of Ludo, and they're kind of going to this like philosophical conversation about like sin and virtue. And essentially, they're going to watch these stories play out and kind of see how it goes for each person. Yeah, they're like uh, Greek gods or something, sort of looking on high, you know. Wait, maybe the they're part of the Indian pantheon. Maybe, which we find out later. <laughs> I think Jason was trying to set that up. But it reminds yeah, thank you. <laughs> you just tried to whitewash it, though. It made me think, whitewash it? You went for Greek. Cool. <laughs> 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 Are Greeks? Like white in all the movies, yeah. <laughs> Please continue, Jason. But I was thinking of like uh, it just broke him. He was sitting there like <laughs> he was sitting there like motherfucker. Oh, I'm gonna oh. <laughs> God damn it! But yeah, I was thinking about like Clash of the Titans and stuff. Yeah, yeah. like how they're watching over humanity. Mm-hmm. And this movie had sometimes um, interfering or commenting on much less actions. claymation than Clash of the yeah, Titans. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> yeah, no Medusas in this movie. Not really trendy these days. No. I'm sorry. Please go ahead. So at Satu's base operations, he kind of goes through the motions with everyone. He wants Bitu to come back and work for him, which Bitu refuses. Uh, he meets with Akash and his uncle, and I'm trying to remember, he's he's like friendly to them, but he's not going to be able to help them, right? They need to, or no, he's going to help them, but he wants them to like meet with the guy to talk about it, like his tech guy. Yes. Yeah. That. He he agrees there is a way that, that it can be done, mm-hmm. but he can't do it. You got to go to this one guy. It's really funny though. He makes him do impressions, yeah, from like a famous film, yeah, in order to approve that he'll do it. Mm-hmm. And I I think that would be funnier probably if you were you in the, the culture film, yeah. and knew the film and the actors and everything. Because one thing we haven't really talked about in um, this block is that in really mainstream Indian cinema. There are like fucking majorly huge movie stars mm-hmm. that are like have them have massive, no different than American films, but in a lot of ways have a bigger fan base. Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, if one of their films comes out, like it will dominate, right? No matter if it's a pile of shit or not, right. it will dominate much everything. like here in America. <laughs> yeah, probably. There's one I'm thinking of. I'll pull it up here. There's there's one I'm thinking of specifically, okay. but as we'll get to it. But. Um, so they square him away. Rahul's got a funny thing. Well, first of all, Satu likes him because his name is also Rahul. Mm. So he's like, I like you. We've got the same name. 
And he asked him, like, what did you see? And he's like, oh, there was a guy that was killed. He fell down. He's like, I want you to go think about that and then come back and tell me what you saw. <laughs> right. Because basically all he wants out of him is him just to deny. Yeah, it's shut up and not say anything. And not say anything. And they send him off to the side to go fix uh, some tea, I think. Right. Yeah. But he doesn't know how to fix tea. Right. And instead he just turns on a gas burner. And leaves it on, leaves it running. Yeah, like someone comes to get on him or chases him away or something. Yeah, it's just running. It is Shah Rukh Khan. Mm. Um, I've heard of that. Commonly referred to as SRK mm. to those that are like big into Indian cinema. But like Shah Rukh Khan has 108 credits to wow. his name. Um, that's just as an actor. So yeah, Impressive. he's... He's one of the ones that everybody's like when they start discussing it's a cultural touchstone Indian films. They're like, "Oh yeah, what's your favorite SRK film?" You know, like that kind of thing. Yeah, okay. which we haven't really touched on in this, but because we're not versed in this, we're learning. No, we don't know shit. Yeah, clearly Jason <laughs> didn't know shit based on the movie he picked. It's fun to learn. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alu, he's not really in this part as much because he kind of is just is trying to get the money for Pinky. Yeah. Their, their, their crossover comes a little later. But this is where things blow up. Literally. Literally. Uh, one of the goons goes in there to uh, where the, the tea was going to be made. He doesn't realize the gas burner's on, and he's going to light a match so he can smoke, mm -hmm. which sets off an explosion. Yep. Which sets, sets off more explosions. <laughs> And everything starts going totally crazy because they think they're being raided by the cops. Yeah. And it just becomes complete chaos. Uh, in the interim stuff that happens, B2 manages to grab his friend and get him out of there, rescuing him. Akash kind of gets burned on being able to talk to the tech guy mm -hmm. and has to just bolt out of there with his uncle. And Rahul, unfortunately, gets caught in the explosions and ends up stuck there and the debris with everyone else. Right. And so eventually the cops come because this is an explosion that happened. And there's medical teams showing up. And this is where Rahul meets Shija. Because she's with the team that shows up to take care of people. And he ends up in the back of an uh, ambulance with Satu. And there's a big bag of money mm -hmm. that Satu makes sure to stash away to come with him. Yes. That's the problem with this movie is I cannot remember specific details. Did you guys watch the movie or? I watched it. I swear to God, I watched it. <laughs> I just, it's just kind of a blur because, because of the nature of the structure, because mm. it's very much a back Because and of forth. the nature of the structure. What the hell? <laughs> so I'll just keep going then. So they're in the ambulance and uh, Satu, of course, <laughs> doesn't want it to reach the hospital because he wants to get away with his money. Yeah. So uh, he shoots some people. Yeah. Yep. They crash, and it goes bad for him, and he gets more injured in the crash. And this this is what part part of the confused me because they because then the nurse they they save him. Mm -hmm. They start willing him away, right? Yeah. Yeah. Only to throw him into the river. Well, they realize that the bag's full of money. Yeah, I guess that was the. And that's where they kind of have like, oh, if we had this money, it would fix all our problems. And the only connection to the money is this gangster guy who's a terrible person anyways. And he's kind of being a shit to them in the first place, even though they've rescued him. And they're crossing a bridge at the time, so they just tip him over and dump him in the river. And they waltz off with a big old bag of money. 
Shija just straight up murders this dude. Or attempts. Attempts to. Attempted murder. Mm Mm-hmm. The, part of the one of the things that gets me in this film is I regularly, and I don't want this to come off the wrong way, but I regularly got Shija and Shruti confused. They have very similar hairstyles. Oh, I don't think so. And I think it's just I don't know. I would regularly get them like mixed up, and then I was like, wait, why are they in this together? But there's also the way they flash back mm-hmm. to. Um, Alok and um, no, no, no. Akasha's Akasha and Shruti's mm-hmm. story before that. Yeah, we get a long flashback about them really soon. They don't look the same. Mm-hmm. Like they, they very much look a lot younger. And I, I really got confused at that. I was it, like, it threw me off at first too. And then I realized, like, oh, this is what this is, and it kind of bounces back. But the way she looked in those early segments, she looks a lot like Shija does. In her segments. Well, I'll say this. I'm surprised you would get lost just because this film also has the Power Ranger syndrome going on (laughs) where we've got the four teams with the four colors and the members of each color are always wearing that color in their outfits every time. Here's the thing, Dustin. I can clearly see that now. (laughs) I now see that and I'm like... Oh, yeah. <laughs> At the time, I was not picking up that vibe. <laughs> Maybe just as I obsessively watched Super Sentai, I was trained for it. Did, did you even watch this movie, Michael? <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, we're doing the color thing. All right, gotcha, I'm in. I did watch this movie, and my son did not turn this one off. Thank you very much. <laughs> but now that I'm looking at the... Um, like all the screen grabs and everything mm-hmm. on IMDb, I'm like, well, son of a bitch, they are all wearing their colors, yeah. aren't they? Yeah, everybody's color coded. <laughs> and the interesting thing is, Satu often has white, and he's supposed to be the dye. So, ah, yeah. damn, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go back and rewatch this one now. Maybe it'll make more sense. <laughs> that owes up to that good production design that I was talking about. Um. So yeah. So now Satu is maybe dead. We've got this money in the wild, and everyone's problems are still persisting because nothing got solved. So now it kind of goes back into the like crisscrossing between each person's story again, which again builds up to like a climax at the end where everyone converges on the spot. So maybe we'll just take this piece by piece again to get us through. You're driving this car. I, I, I cannot. I just. I, I'm sorry. I. I can't. Talk about this movie. <laughs> wow. Okay. And, and that will come into part of my criticism later. Mm. You know, it's a shame that you're a, a guest on a podcast where the whole thing is talking about a, about a movie that you watch. <laughs> that's, hey, that, well, yeah, but that's indicative of my issue. So Shruti has had time to consider the fact that her husband watches porn, and if he watches porn, eventually he will find <laughs> her sex tape. Thus threatening her marriage. Uh-huh. So she goes back to Akash and she makes up with him. She gets him a new phone to replace his broken one. And she's like, all right, let's go to the cops. Let's do this right. I'll file the report and we'll get the video taken down. Which brings us to one of my favorite characters of the entire movie. Oh, yes. The, the cop. Yeah. <laughs> who's, who's also central to a bunch of the different stories. Inspector Sukumar Sinha, I think is his name, played by Ishtiak Khan. 
He is hilarious. God, he's so fucking funny. Something about the timing of the way he delivers stuff is just, ooh, so perfect. And the way that he doesn't give a shit. Yeah. Like, about anything or anyone. Like, everyone is just a burden to him and an annoyance. <laughs> and the way this dude plays it is so funny. Uh, and his angle in the film is he's trying to bring in Satu. Yeah. And that's kind of like all these things crisscross, but that's his main goal. Um, but yeah, so they want help from them. And basically their help amounts to, we can give you some equipment that can help you find like stashed cameras. And if you can find the place that took the video, we can like press charges against them and yeah. do something about Make it. Make them do all the legwork and stuff. They're not going to go out there and well, do that. Well, yeah. <laughs> Which this sets Akash and Shruti on a whirlwind tour of the city going to all the different hotels and motels and trying to find the place where they hooked up at because they were drunk at the time mm-hmm. and don't really remember. And this is where we get what you were talking about, Michael. We get a long flashback that kind of goes deeper on their relationship and what happened with them. It may, it honestly absolutely makes me hate her. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have much sympathy for her either because she's, she, she, she's having a great time with this dude, but she doesn't want to marry him because he doesn't have any money. Right, we learned that uh, she was always told that her like main thing in life was she needed to find someone who was very well off, marry for money, yeah, and you'll live a good life. Which is, you get the you get that family pressure, you know. It's uh, a it's a very cultural thing. Like right. I don't know have have you watched have you seen the Indian matchmaker show with Karen? <laughs> no. So <laughs> Piper watches it sometimes, and I'm just always completely appalled at how shitty these people are. Yeah. And I'm like, well, the reason that you're not married by the time you're 40 is because you're a giant fucking dick. <laughs> like, there's no, no one will want to marry you. But there's a lot of people in that that are like, oh, well, he must have this. He must yeah. do this. And they must. These are absolute criteria. And none of them have anything to do with the character of the person. Right. Like, who they are doesn't matter. So, but because of that, I really did not like Shruti at all. She's hot as hell, though. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's where she—that's where she is. She wants to find someone for money. She doesn't really care about love, and she goes on these like arranged dates to kind of like feel out and try to find a person. And by accident, she ends up sitting with Akash one time. Yeah, she even says it looks like you are the one you want to hear that ma- might have money. Mm-hmm. Which is and there, she'd actually set up the date to where there was like four other guys yeah. waiting for her mm-hmm. at the date. But yeah, she sits down with the one dude that. You know, <laughs> is not one that she needs to be sitting with. Um, but they hit it off. They have a good time. They hook up. And then it, they get into this weird thing where they kind of have a relationship, but she's still seeing the dudes on the arranged dates. They're fuck buddies. Right, they're just fuck buddies. Uh, but it gets serious for Akash. And they kind of have, the, have these conversations that are kind of tough where he's like, you know, well, what about like just being with me? And she just laughs it off and is like, you don't have any money. Yeah. yeah um, like, Damn. Damn. Yeah, so it persists for a while, and eventually things kind of fall apart, and she realizes she can't stay with him if she's going to do this other thing. I'm just starting to notice now, there none of none of the female characters in this film are very likable. Hmm. And that's kind of strange. Like, it's almost, they're specifically written to a point to where you don't like them. I think it's supposed to be funny. Because it's so exaggerated. Everything's very yeah. hyper-realistic in this movie, you know? And most of the men in this film are like, you really like them. Yeah, for the most part. Yeah. There are some that are giant shitbags, you know? But, like, for the majority of them, you're like, oh, that's a pretty decent dude. Which is kind of strange, and I wonder what the motive is there. Or maybe I'm just reading into it, I don't know. Yeah, don't or know. we're just... Yeah, I don't know. But I feel the same way. Like, I didn't really care for any of the female characters that much. 
I'll be honest, I kind of like Pinky. Really? Yeah. Um, I like Pinky as a foil. Mm-hmm. I don't like her as like a genuine like of a character. I don't think she has a lot of redeeming qualities. Um, I think Dustin just likes to be cucks. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I I did like the uh, the outfit for when they're shooting their their. Yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah. Oh yeah, <laughs> I, did, yeah. I did like that. There there wasn't anything wrong with that. So Akash and Shruti start going to all these different hotels, driving around, and they kind of start to rekindle those feelings again. But now it's a much different dynamic because she's supposed to be married in like was it three days? I think. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not you can't just fucking call off an Indian wedding. Yeah. That's you. You don't walk away from that. Those have been in plans for a long time. Have you ever been to an Indian wedding? No. Oh, you guys should go. You should totally go to an Indian wedding. Just it doesn't matter if you're invited or not. Just show up. Not much of a wedding crasher, but they're fucking awesome, man. Um. So yeah. Speaking of Pinky, let's talk about our green side. So they raise the money, and at first it's not enough, right? She wants more, and so they need some way to get a ton of money really quick. And they kind of set up this thing where they're going to do like a uh, like a sting for the police. But they're just going to extort the person out of the money to get a whole bunch of money. So they set up this whole thing where they, they dress Pinky up very nice. Ravishing looking dress. She's gorgeous in it. A lot of the production like promo stuff has her in the dress yeah. and the photos and stuff. Um, and they set up this thing at a hotel... And it's like they're going to be in one room next door, and then and she's going to meet the guy in the room, and then they're going to bust in and pretend to be the cops. Alu gets like a cop uniform to dress up in, and this is where we get a little bit of crisscross because while they're doing this, it's the same hotel that Akash and Shruti are currently investigating to see if it's one of the ones with the cameras. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, they set up this plan. Uh, Pinky goes in. Everything's going to you know to task. Uh, the guy kind of gets handsy with her. She she like slaps him. Alu breaks in. They got their gun trained on him. And then everything kind of goes to shit. Yeah. Comically so. And uh, what? He starts like shooting at him, right? Uh-huh. And then the bullets are going through the walls while Akash and Shruti are in the other room. And they're like, what's going on? Ducking out of the way of the shots. In the chaos, Pinky gets the gun. And she fucking kills the guy. <laughs> I think this is why you liked Pinky. You think She's so? A woman that takes charge. She did, <laughs> and she and she does again later. Uh, yeah, so everything goes sideways. They do get the money, and they go to pay off this chick to get her to finally give her confession to confirm that she is cheating with the with the husband to get him out of jail and give him an alibi. And they give her the money. She goes back inside. Foolishly, they let her take the money. Foolishly, they let her take the money. They're waiting. They're waiting. They're waiting. And it turns out she has another guy on the side. Mm-hmm. And she runs off on her husband yep. with the money. Yep. Thus losing everything. They have no money now. They have no alibi. Yeah, nothing. Nothing. And it's interesting how Alu kind of breaks down at this part. Because he does this thing where he does like a nervous dance that he's like thinking Mm. he's like dancing just to think um but he basically like tells pinky hey i can't do anything else i have no more money i'm done i'm gonna pay for you a ride to get back to your home that's it i'm finished 
And this is probably why I hate Pinky so much. It's just because she did rope him back. Mm-hmm. And like and he caves instantly. Yeah, and I just uh I hate it. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, we could argue that just as much blame could be placed on him. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, no. But I still like when you know the power that you have over yeah. somebody. And at this point, he's already, I think he's already told her. Well, I mean, it's obvious. But I, he does break down and tell her at one point, you know. Well, this, like, is, this is at that point, actually. Like, she wants him to keep going and he argues with her. And he says, like, she says something about him being an emotional fool. And he's like, yeah, but I'm an emotional fool for you and yeah. I would do anything for you. And it kind of like recaps all the things that he's done through his life mm-hmm. of like how, how he was all everything he did was for mm-hmm. her. Even like there's a little short scene of them. I guess it was supposed to be when they're in high school and like someone's just like bad mouthing her. Yeah. And he just like shuts it down. Well, and we haven't really mentioned that much either that um, Pinky and her cheating ass husband um, have a child yep. named Babu. Mm hmm. Um, who's like the cutest fucking little kid that I think might... And for half the film, Alu's like packing him around. He really yeah. treats him like a father, mm-hmm. you know? Like, And you, you get the setup, too. They they kind of show you how hands-off yeah. her husband is in they their have relationship. Like a, like a nanny, basically. Yeah, he mm-hmm. doesn't really want anything to do with their kid that much. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, Alu's already like immediately taken to mm-hmm. this child and is already like fathering this child and everything. And you can tell if, if she said the word he would be yep, like he would give his entire life to both of them. Yep. Only to have her and the child just like up and leave whenever <laughs> they wanted. Um, so she is at a dead end and ultimately she goes back to Alu wants his help one more time. And the final plan they concoct is they're just going to have to stage a prison break. I love it. I love the final plan, <laughs> which we will come back to you <laughs> in a bit. And the, the yeah, when we get there, the whole scene involving that is fucking hilarious. <laughs> so B two saves his friend, kind of runs off that gang from the uh, from the hair salon. We get a bit of him and his wife where they he kind of tries to like patch up with her, but it's clear there's not going to happen. And he just wants to see his daughter. <laughs> Sorry, that's just. <laughs> I had a funny thought. That sure. was no. It's okay. So eventually, he gets caught up with a little girl called Minnie, right? Yes. This is this is the other player for the red side, essentially, a young girl named Minnie who's feeling kind of neglected by her parents. Yes. So she basically fakes her own kidnapping. Mm-hmm. She sees it in a movie. Yeah, she sees it in the movie. Fakes her own kidnapping because they never pay attention to her. They're never around. And they're gonna give away her dog. Yeah. Pretty sad. That's why she's out roaming the streets looking for her dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it's just when Bidu comes across her because mm-hmm. she's out yelling for her, it's just <laughs> it's so hard. You have to actually watch the scenes. But in my head, I was replacing the gentle, fun music with like creepy music, <laughs> and it looked like super pervy and creepy. And ah, oh man, it's just she just reminds him of that. his daughter. Well, I know no, why I, you're doing it. <laughs> I just I don't know. It really made me laugh. Sorry. You were just setting up your own scenes. And no, I wasn't. It was just the way it was shot. I just couldn't help but put my own music in but, there. But uh, B2 kind of takes it upon himself to look after her, and he realizes what she's doing, and he basically goes along to like play with this kidnapping plot just to help her out, yes. make her feel better. 
And this this little girl's a scene stiller. Mm-hmm. She's one of the best characters, in my opinion. A lot of deep like thoughts out of her too. Like when they find the dog, he asks like, "Oh, do you want me to go in there and get your dog back?" And she's like, "Well, no, I don't think so because he's with another kid now, and they're happy. Yeah, the and dog that, seems happy. As long as loved. the dog's happy, then yeah, yeah, because that's what she wants. Mm-hmm. It's a very mature decision for a little kid to make. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, she starts hanging out with Aka- uh, Akash, uh with B two. And they stage this kidnapping thing where he pretends like, oh, like I'm back in my old ways. I'm, I'm the evil mm-hmm. criminal and I've kidnapped this kid and you're going to give me money. And it's kind of like a win-win thing where it's going to make them care about the kid again. b is going to take the money and use that to like help patch up everything with his wife. Right. To like take care of their salon and stuff. A solid plan. I see solid nothing plan. going wrong. Nothing could this. go wrong. No. Except it does. It does. <laughs> of course it does. Um, we get a fun, like, good bit of time where, like, he kind of just travels around with Minnie. And they kind of just bond, I guess. They mm-hmm. go to, like, a little festival and some various other antics as they string along this kidnapping plot. Right. There's that funny scene where he's on the phone threatening what he's going to do to the girl. And she's the one telling him. Yeah, you know. she's, she's, like, feeding him what to say. Because <laughs> he's actually, he's not really the kind of person that yeah, would do this. Yeah, he's but. not, no. You know what we never brought up? I, I was sitting here going through stills mm-hmm. from the film. We never brought up the first time that you see uh, Alu. He is uh, in drag playing Juliet. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and ends up getting in a fight on stage with uh, the other actors. It's quite a funny scene. Um, yeah, I, it's, there's a still, and I hope we you probably include it in the notes or so that are, I don't know if people see it, but it's really funny of the way he looks and the way he's dressed is just, yeah, it's pretty classic. Okay. Sorry. Got distracted easily. Yeah. It gets lost. Cause at first you think that's going to be his thing, but it's really just playing into the whole like Jack of all trees. Yeah. Yeah. And his con, his whole like con setup and everything. Okay. Uh, and then that brings us back to the blue side. We've got Rahul and Shija. They've got the money. They get a nice place. They divide up the cash evenly. And they kind of just go into like living together for the time being for convenience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they both sort of uh, take control of their situations at work. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, on Rahul's side, his boss keeps like threatening him. Like he'll get upset with the boss, and the boss will be like, oh, go ahead and hit yeah, me. Hit then. me, hit me. Yeah. So and he actually does. He does it. Hit him. Man, it felt good. Yeah. That was, that was a fun <laughs> scene. That was good. Who hasn't wanted to slug their boss at one point or another? And then it's great because as he's marching out, like all the other workers there are just like, yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> Living the dream. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Shija kind of starts taking less crap at her her job with all the other nurses. And we kind of get a little more focus on the head nurse that's there because they bring in a certain... Satu. Yeah, Satu. A certain Satu. A certain Satu. <laughs> Uh, he survived somehow. Yeah, because he's a tough motherfucker. Somehow, Satu survived. Yes. <laughs> and he's injured, and they get assigned to look after him until he can be taken to jail. Yep. So he kind of strikes up a relationship with this head nurse. Some, like, flirting and stuff. Yeah, he flirts you know? a lot with her, and it's very yeah. comical. Yeah. Uh, but notably, Shija at one point comes to take care of him. And he realizes, like, oh, shit, you're the person with my money. Mm-hmm. And she realizes that he knows that she's the one. Yeah. And so she rushes off to go tell Rahul because they have to get out of get out of town. Meanwhile, Satu gets his goons in, tells them who has the money, he wants it back, sets all that up, mm-hmm. 
and they go about searching for Rahul and Shija to reclaim the money. Yes. They're very poor goons, though. They're very bad goons. <laughs> Especially because once, once they think he's dead, they're kind of just like, oh, we can do whatever we want now. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> the bad henchman. Very bad. Um, I think here's now where we kind of start threading everything back together. So let's, let's hop back to Alu. Phase one of their prison break is they have Pinky bring her husband some food that will make him sick so that he will be taken to the hospital. So he's no longer in prison, but he's in the hospital. And the yeah, that's that scene makes me laugh. That scene got me a lot. Like as soon as they bring him to the hospital, it made I was cracking up because they wheel him into the room with Satu. With Satu, yeah. mm-hmm. that's and, and Satu starts talking to him. You know, basically, like, what are you in here for? Kind of a thing. And the dude's like, Yeah, I've been being framed for murder. Uh, and starts going over the telling the story, yeah. and Sautu's like, "Holy shit, that's me!" <laughs> and Sautu just gets this hilarious like look on his face of like, "Huh," <laughs> you know, like yeah. I've beat him or whatever. Mm, got this patsy here. And then pretty much at the same time, uh, the, the wall explodes yes. out of this side, and you see Alu is driving like this big backhoe crane thing. Yeah. And this is their big plan. Like they're just gonna literally. It's very like, subtle. They're gonna wily coyote it. Yep. Out of the. <laughs> and they're like tying up the husband because he's still on the gurney. They're like tying him up to this bucket thing, like a cherry picker almost. But Satu's like, I want to leave. <laughs> so he hops on there. This is like some great, like just comedic. The way everything is timed and plays out, like the fact that he's on there with them. He's trying to get away to. They're like fighting each other back and forth to mm. stay on the gurney while they're racing through the streets on this like crane. I I think the green team is probably like the, I think they have the best story mm-hmm. that has the most potential. And and we'll talk about this towards the end, but that's one of the things about this movie that does bug me. I do think all the sides are weighted a bit differently. Yeah. And I think their side is so much more fun Mm -hmm. that the tone of the movie that comes through on their side is more of one that I liked. And then like it kind of, as it shifts, there's other tones that I'm like, okay, I'm not that interested in this. And I would rather go back to the other one. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I feel the same way, which we talked about in, um, anthology, anthology films. films, That's a problem in a lot of anthology films. Sometimes not every segment has the same impact. Yeah. And that's gotta be difficult as a writer. Like how do you, write each one to mm-hmm. be as solid as the other when you're trying to convey very different themes throughout the film. I think especially here it's even harder because they have to thread together. Yeah. Um, so in the chaos of this whole crane escape, Satu gets knocked off, but he is still alive, still kicking it. It's tough, motherfucker. They rescue the husband, and Satu links up with his gang. Meanwhile, before this, the gang has been pursuing Rahul and Shija. They've been like skipping around. They've had a fun like bonding moment. There's a great part where they get like a was it they're like a water hose and they're spraying each other. Yeah. Just, they have a lot. Of, it's they're an interesting couple because it's like they have trouble communicating. Yeah, there's not much dialogue. Not much dialogue. It's she gorgeous. doesn't speak Hindi very well. Mm-hmm. And, um, and they have a funny crisscross with Akash and Shruti, where they they've been fleeing from the ga- the goons. And they kind of run them off the road <laughs> and then get them to give them a lift so they can get away. 
which is one of the few times they're actually like same people in the same scene together. Right. Because that's often the thing is the core leads usually aren't together. Mm-mm. Yeah. At least not until the very end where some mm-hmm. of them come together. It's like they landed on the same square. Yeah. <laughs> Just like Ludo. <laughs> and like in Ludo, when that happens, it creates chaos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Man, that's kind of a creepy laugh. So this kind of brings us to where everything starts to link up a little. Oh, we should finish out... Uh, B2's plan, right? So they set up the drop point for the money. Yeah. And that doesn't go well. Everything seems to be going good. Uh, he gets the money. He's going to let the girl go. And then B2 gets shot. Yep. It's a bunch of cops out there waiting for his ass. Yep. And he's, he runs off. He grabs one of their Jeeps or something. He right? steals one of their vehicles, yeah. yeah. And it's while he's in his vehicle, that's where he starts to link in. So what, what happens is it all kind of converges on this one hotel. For Akash, it's the next place they're going to check. It's kind of like the last option. They've exhausted everything. Oh, and they find the actual room they were in mm-hmm. when they were filmed. Um, find out that the managers like got the rooms rigged up. And then we've got um, Rahul and Shija end up there just because they're looking for somewhere out of the way to stay. Try to hide out from Satu's men. So they get a room there. Satu learns that they're there, so he's coming there to confront them to get the money back and sends his goons on ahead. B2 in the squad car hears chatter on the radio that they know everything's going down at this hotel. Right. And that Satu's going to be there, so they're on their way there. So he decides that he's going to go there to settle up with him finally so that he'll leave his wife alone. And because Satu basically tells him, like, as long as your wife and kid exist, I'll always use them to torment you. Mm. So he's coming to tie up that loose end. Alu and Pinky, do they go to the hotel? I don't. This is another one of the times where their story's kind of like. Well, Pinky straight up shoots her husband. Mm. Oh, that, that's what happens. Yeah. Once yeah. they save the husband, they're going to sneak off. And go off on their own to try to like get away from everything since mm-hmm. he's still wanted for the murder. Did you even watch this movie, Dustin? Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the husband starts berating her. He's a real jackass. Yeah, he's a terrible and person. She's just had enough. She just plugs him right in the head. Another brutal murder from one of the females in this movie. Uh, it actually showed. <laughs> I was surprised at the level of gore that that showed. Yeah. Especially for, for an Indian film. Like, I. Well, I mean, yeah, they had like the whole, you know. Entry wound thing. I mean, it's not like a it, massive yeah, it, it, shower but, of mm. gore and brains and blood. But from what we've seen so far, yeah. like it's usually very, very well. Tame. Except for Tumbad, <laughs> I well, think yeah. that, that set up a false expectation yeah. for me. <laughs> but the other stuff I've seen is is pretty tame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was a little surprised at the level of violence. No, that, it was that they portrayed. So before everything pops off, um, Akash and Shruti do find the cameras, and we, the viewers, learn that actually the shady stuff going on at this hotel is people working for Satu. So it's all kind of linked back in together again. Mm. And that's how Satu even learns that Rahul is there because they have the video feeds coming in. So the night before all this pops off, Akash and Shruti are drinking and we get into the whole thing that she gets kind of crazy when she gets drunk, mm-hmm. which again was like a factor in their relationship. And it's funny because they're on one side of the bar drinking and having a good time. And then Rahul and Shija are on the other side. Because there's a part where she gets a DJ to play like some more native music. Yeah, to, like, they're from the same region. Yeah. 
and she, it's really weird to them. And she starts dancing, and then they kind of look over and see her dancing, and they're like, "Oh, hey!" And then they're kind of making fun of her too. Yeah, more cultural insensitivity. Um, but a weird thing happens with Rahul and Shija where she kind of starts flirting with this DJ because they can speak the same language. Yeah, but Rahul really flies off the handle here, yeah. I think. He takes it way too... You could tell he's just not a very confident person. Mm-hmm. He needs a nigger is what he needs to do. <laughs> well, also, just before... <laughs> I'm getting a great look from Michael right now. <laughs> just before it happens, he does write her... He tries to tell her something. Right. And she's like, I can't understand it. And so he writes it in Hindi. And then she's like, I can't read Hindi. I can yeah. only speak it. So he has to translate it. So he goes off to try to translate it into her language so that he can convey this message, which is basically that, hey, I want to spend my life with you. I really yeah. like you. Uh, I think I'm in love with you. It was basically, do you like me? Yes, yeah. no, maybe. Uh, but when he comes back, she's dancing with the DJ, and he gets a little weird. And you finally kind of really get nailed in that like miscommunication that's going on between them. They can't really connect in a way. Right. Um... Shruti gets very drunk and hooks up with Akash again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That wedding is just going off the rails. <laughs> <laughs> again, though, she makes me mad with this. Mm-hmm. Like, he's your dude. Like, obviously, go with him. They have great chemistry. Jesus, mm-hmm. their sex tape was even pretty good. <laughs> like horse noises and everything. Yeah, <laughs> that's how you know it's good. So the next the next morning is when all this pops off because the the gang shows up and uh, Shija got the letter from Rahul and she leaves him a letter that basically says I'm leaving. It was, ooh, didn't go quite no. how he hoped. Unfortunately, the goons show up and they do apprehend them, and they had stashed the money in the room safe, and so they want the combination to get the money out, but they're having trouble doing that. And then, was it Akash and Shruti are kind of dealing with the fact that they slept together, and he's sort of making his like play again to be like, hey, come on, man, you and me. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. And she's turning him down, and her husband shows up. Yeah. How did he know to be there? He finds out about the video. Yes. And then he asks around about Akash, I believe, and then... Isn't she using like a credit card that he can see the stuff for? Maybe that was it. Yeah. So he knew they had gotten a place at that hotel. And it he, seems fairly reasonable. He's surprisingly forgiving for everything. Yeah. And under and understandable. But there's definitely some awkward tension between him and Akash. There is, but they're they're like cool about it. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're like they they respect one another. Mm-hmm. It's not like, oh, you're with my woman, bro, I'm and hit you. You know, not very American. <laughs> no, it's civil. And to Akasha's credit even, like, he he does make the play of like, hey, I love you, I want to be with you. But when she turns him down, he kind of just accepts it. Yeah. He doesn't like, you know, protest or he doesn't pull a Rahul. Yeah, he's on a whiny little bitch. <laughs> um but unfortunately, they get caught up in the crossfire as this gang kind of sieges the place. Satu arrives. His arrival there is hilarious, too, because he convinces the head nurse to drive him there. Yeah. He links back up with her yeah. while he's trying to stumble his way to the hotel. And then he gets her to pull over on the side of the road, and he steals her car. Steals her car, yeah. <laughs> and leaves her and abandons her. And I think at this point, he is has like two 
both arms are in casts. Yeah. Uh, he's on crutches. He's got like bandages over his head. <laughs> it's it's very comedic. Mm-hmm. And we do we do check back in with our um, two narrators at this point, and they're kind of now debating the the point of this story that we've mm. been seeing the whole time. And we're told it has to do with this idea of like sin and virtue. And the the one asks to the other, he's like, "What do you think is going to be the outcome for everyone? What's like, what's their fate? What is like, what's supposed to be awaiting them, based on their actions?" And um, they talk a lot about like Satu, and it's like, is he is he going to die? Is he going to be punished for all the crimes he's committed? Oh, and they say he has he has another task to perform. Mm-hmm. And then and the one guy says, "Well, may, you might be surprised with the outcome. He actually has another task that he's mm-hmm. meant to perform." Um. Just some food for thought on the film. <laughs> little, little little philosophy uh-huh. tossed in there. Uh-huh. Um, but everything blows up. So the gang's there. They're seizing everyone. They're trying to get the money. Akash and Shruti are caught up in the crossfire. Then B2 kind of blows everything up by just charging through the front door of the hotel to try to get Satu. And there's a crazy firefight. It went a little too um, stylistic for me at this point. You think so? It was tons of the slow mo, mm-hmm. like stuff flying. I, I don't know, kind of a sub John Woo sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't. It was a very lucky number eleven thing to do as well. <laughs> I, I quite like say it. that. Um, I don't think it executed it quite as well. I don't know. It well, is. a lot of people wind up dead. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some were just wounded. Some were just wounded. Yes. Uh, B2 dies. He does. It's the the worst buildup. Yeah, he's dead. (laughs) Uh, B2's dead, by the way, guys. Well, that's that's kind of part of their conversation, too, because they talk a little bit about, like, what's B2's, like, justice in this. But it actually is that he's supposed to die. Yeah. And there was a scene, too, I think, before he goes, he goes in on this where he does go back to see his wife a final time, and they've got the kid there. Oh, yeah. And she's like very shy and afraid to speak to him. And he kind of realizes that she's just better off with them. And he knows that she's going to be taken care of. And that's when he resolves to settle up with Satu finally. Go out in a blaze of glory. Mm-hmm. I can respect that. Oh, yeah. It's funny because he, he in like a isolated thing, it's just like this action film. Kind of all to itself almost. Mm-hmm. Which I do like that almost each side almost has its own like little mini genre to it. Yeah. Itself. Because, like, Akash and Shruti is very much like a romantic comedy. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so uh, B2 dies. A lot of people get injured. Satu survives somehow. <laughs> somehow. Again, again, somehow. Satu, Satu survives. survives. Um, and in the chaos, he manages to get out with the money. Mm-hmm. And he's driving, and then he finds the nurse, his lady friend. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I got all this money, you know, let's get out of here, let's hook up. And he reveals to her what no one even knew is that hidden in the bag was a secret compartment filled with diamonds. Yeah. But he makes mistake of getting out of the car and promptly gets run over by a truck. <laughs> Which was hilarious. That one had me laughing. Um, and so then we get kind of a little like vignettes to wrap up with everyone. I know Shija Jason and, was looking real confused for a minute. Now Shija and Rahul, Rahul wind up getting together. Yeah, they do. They kind of finally work out their miscommunications. Um, 
Shruti and Akash. So Akash kind of goes on with his life because he thinks like that's that's done now. Yeah. But surprisingly, Shruti shows back up, and she's like, "Hey, I turned the guy down." She finally sees the light, and she's like, "I want to be with you." Mm-hmm. And there's a great scene too where they set up like it's them and they're on like a little moped riding together, and they stop at like a little intersection, and this bright pink car rolls up, and it was her fiance, and he's already with another chick. And it's funny because it's like where everyone is color themed. That's like now this this team is like the pink team. With their own little story. With their somewhere. own little story that's going on that we don't we aren't privy to in this film. Yeah. But maybe he was a bastard the whole time and had some chick on the side. But yeah, it seems like they're they're happy and they set up this very contrast of like the rich guy with the nice car and the hot chick, and then here's a caution shruti and they're just on this little moped. Yeah, but they're happy. And I think that's kind of the thing for Shruti and her arc in this story is that she realizes it's not about just the money. Yeah, I wish Akash would have been like, sorry, babe. <laughs> you had your chance at this. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Pinky rolls back up for Alu and she needs another favor. Mm-hmm. And I love the timing they do of this where it's like she asks him, of course he says yes. Of course. And then it goes back to the car with her dead husband stashed in the trunk. Right. <laughs> and she kind of opens the trunk and shows up and he's just like, okay, all right, okay. <laughs> let's do this. <laughs> so, you know, even though we don't see it, there's another misadventure there of him trying to sort that out for her. <laughs> Maybe he'll wind up with her at the end. And, uh, oh, Minnie does go back to her family and everything's happy. They let her have her dog again. Yeah. They get her a different one, or I don't remember. I think it's a different one. I think it's a different one, yeah. yeah. It would be cruel to take the dog away from her. Um, but they are no longer neglecting her. So That's the point. Though B2 died, he did help reunite that family and sort out their problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then we have a final scene with the Ludo players discussing, yes. and they're kind of walking off and... They're in the wreckage of the hotel. Yeah, right. With all there's the dead bodies. Smoke and fire and stuff. And, and there's like a door at the end of the hall, and it's just like white light beyond it. Yeah. And they kind of walk off into it. And their silhouettes kind of change for a minute there. Yep. It makes it clear they're, they're supposed to be like, like you were saying, Jason, there's some sort of Indian Yeah, they're deities. deities. Yeah. Um, if we were more familiar with the Mahabharata, I'm sure we could identify them. I looked up something, and I think they're supposed to be uh, Yamraj, God of Death and Justice, mm. and Chitragupt. Uh, a deity assigned with the task of keeping complete records of the actions of human beings and punishing or rewarding them accordingly. Mm. Well, that would make sense then in the yeah, context of the very film. Much so. yeah. That's awesome. I'm glad you found that. Thank you. Me too. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad I contributed somewhat to this conversation. Go, Jason. Coming come in clutch at the end. Coming in clutch. My man. I told you I watched it. I'm going to put a gold star by your name Yay! on the fridge. Um. And that is where it That's ends. the film. Yeah. I have some fun notes. Want to run through these real quick? Sure. Um, so, uh, Basu, in the film, he was the hotel receptionist at the last hotel. Oh, okay. That was his role was in the him. film. Nice. Um, this is the fourth film he's made where there's a female lead that's named Shruti. So it seems like that's a character name he goes back to he's a lot. He's got a crush on a Shruti. I wonder if there's some reason... Shruti, that's a cutie. <laughs> and again, to toss in another Sono character uh, reference, he has a character that he reoccurs a lot where there's always a girl named Mitsuko. Oh, so okay. I, I think it's interesting because some directors have that where they have like a character mm-hmm. and it's like, they're different in every film, but they always go back to that the name. Same name. Um, this film was released on Diwali, which is a holiday. And they actually reference that in the film as well. 
and a scene or two. Diwali's super cool too. If you've never seen the Diwali celebrations, it's like uh, uh, tons of color. Ooh, it's like all the pastel colors. Interesting. You should you should look up uh, Diwali celebrations. I'll They're toss it in cool. the show notes. Uh, fun little references. So most of the cars they have a license plate that references Ludo. Like uh, Shruti's car, the license plate on it is Ludo two three four five. Uh, Satu, he is wearing a pendant on his chain through most of the film, and it has a die that you would use in Ludo. Okay. So again, that's kind of nailing in the like fact that he is the die in this story, the, the chaos that drives them. Uh, some other fun things. The story of a salesman, a nurse, and a gangster with a bag full of cash is heavily inspired from a 1999 Japanese film, Adrenaline Drive. No, have you seen that one? I have not, mm. but I'm going to look it up now that I've learned about it. Um, one of Basu's earlier films, Life in a Metro from 2007, it stylistically is almost like a prototype for this film. It was a romantic drama, and the premise was that it followed nine different characters that are each connected through mutual friends and their struggles in love. Uh, he said he was inspired to make it by Billy Wadler's The Apartment from 1960. And it kind of had the same style as this, is where you had like several varying stories it would crisscross between. And then they would all link up and connect in varying ways across the film. So this seemed to just be a specialty of this director. And uh, last thing, in an interview last year, 2021, he said that the script for Ludo 2 was completely ready. And he was eager to film it, and he had discussed it with some of the film's producers. Wow. So hopefully Netflix will toss them some cash and we can get another one. I don't know if it would pick up at the end of this one, like disposing of the body and stuff like that. Yeah, I wonder would it follow the same people yeah, or different, different, different people yeah. or maybe like some and some because like obviously there's more to Alu and Pinky's story. Yeah, and we're not going to see B2 again. <laughs> <laughs> um, it would be funny to have the uh, the pink side with the Shruti's fiance. Yeah, <laughs> as yeah. Their, as their that story. Be fun, yeah. I'm going to correct myself. That is not Diwali. Oh. Mm. It's a different festival. Sorry. Well, I'm glad you caught that. It's called Holly, H-O-L-I. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, sorry. I'll link to it in the show notes so people can learn about the actual holiday. Yeah. It, they, they do similar some similar things, but it's not what I was thinking of. So, yeah. Well, that's the film. Definitely a departure from our other two films. It wasn't horror. Yeah. Leaned into a lot of comedy. It's good to get a taste of another genre. Mm-hmm. So I guess we'll, if you guys don't have anything else, let's get into our final thoughts. Let's do it. I can go. Okay, you go first. Um, I'm going to settle on a three on this one. Um, I did enjoy it, but it's one that I don't ever really see myself going back to. Mm. Um, I felt that it suffered from some of the things for me that uh, we talked about in the anthology block where there's just some that really hit and some that didn't hit for me Mm -hmm. and i felt like i was kind of drawn away from the film in the ones that didn't work so much for me um which isn't a bad thing because i think there's a little bit of everything Mm -hmm. in this movie so it it's a little bit more of a crowd pleaser that you could have if you're watching it with people with different tastes you're gonna get a little something for everybody a little something that you might like um, I did think it was quite funny in the scenes where it was really mm. going for comedy. I think it definitely hit that. But yeah, overall, like, I, I don't think I would watch it again. But I do think it's solid. Um, like, as a film put together mm. well, it's shot beautifully. 
Like yeah, it's great it's cinematography all throughout. Very competently made, which was a nice change of pace from 13B. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, no, this, you're not wrong. This shit was already getting us more like higher up. It was better than 13B. So yeah, I will sit on a three. Um, I will say when it when it started, I watched maybe like the first five minutes, and I was like, okay, this is at least going to be passable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it shot competently. Excellent. Yeah, so a three? Yeah, three for me. Nice. Okay. I'll go next. Okay. Um, I'm going to give it a 2.5. It's better than I thought you would give it, actually. Really? Yeah. Okay. No, the, the technical aspects really won me over, and mm. some of the performances were fantastic. Yeah, the whole cast is just like, oof, yeah. top notch. Uh, it's very well made. It's very well edited. Uh, I just, you know what I'm going to say. It's too long. It's too long. This it's, is it's, a two and a half hour film. It's overstuffed. I, think, I thought there was too much going on and some of the stories like michael said i didn't care as much about but you gotta have four sides to play ludo well apparently um but maybe those four sides could have been more interesting (laughs) (laughs) wow okay like b2's bit i didn't really care about like i liked it when the kids showed up Mm -hmm. i kind of wish it focused on like one or two stories Uh, you had the ludo angle yeah but maybe the girl could have been a ludo you know a color and then be to a color, and then do one or two more, and con- have a stronger story concentrating on fewer characters. You know what I mean? But isn't the point about the chaos of life and just how everything interconnects? I guess. But also, <laughs> and I, I legitimately, <laughs> I legitimately had trouble recalling the events of this movie. Spoken hmm. like the true atheist that he is. Like, yeah, what the fuck ever. <laughs> sure, life schmife. Um, and I think that's a problem because I. I I pay attention. You know, I pay attention when I watch a movie. Did you, you know? I did. <laughs> I did. No, I didn't take meticulous notes. Sometimes I take a lot of notes. Mm-hmm. And I, I tried to at first with this movie, then I quickly gave up because of its pacing. And it's really hard to talk about because it is such a visual film. You know, and, and the structure, there's so many little bits here and there. I just, I wish it was pared down. I would have liked to have seen more focus on a few of the interesting characters and get rid of the rest. It's like Tarantino at his worst when he overindulges himself. Mm. In my opinion. I mean, sometimes you just got, you got to kill your darlings, you know? It's like Inglorious Bastards is a good example for me because a lot of it's brilliant, but then there's just so much stuffing I don't care for. Uh, so anyway, yeah, that's me. Two and a half. I didn't... I'm glad I watched it. I'm glad I've seen it, but yeah, I wouldn't revisit it again. Um, Would you go for the sequel? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Might give that a watch. Okay. I would like to see the director do something a bit more focused. And I get you've got... It's it's interesting that he has all these moving parts and it comes together and it still works. And, you know, I'll give him credit for that because that's hard to write. But it still doesn't change the fact that I didn't care about half the characters. Mm. So that's where I'm at. Okay. I had the best reaction. I think that's evident mm-hmm. from going through the film and me dogging on you guys. Um, <laughs> I'm used to it. But yeah, I just like, ooh, I really loved it. I thought it had such a great energy and vibe to it. And it did a lot of the things that after 13B laid me low. Oh, no, no. Yeah. Um, it really like lifted my spirits back up. And I was like, no, 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 okay, there are good stuff in this genre. Mm-hmm. Um, again, like the fact that it, it has the music angle, but it's not like 
the cutaway music videos it's threaded into the plots yeah it wasn't cheesy um because besides the song that you keep referencing michael there are actual like little like bollywood numbers but they're done as like montage backdrops to what's going on but i can't not hear that goddamn song (laughs) it's a good song if i can find just it by itself i'll put it in the show i'm sure it's out there um yeah i think it's got a, a great story great energy i good message in the end too i thought with the whole like idea of like sin and virtue and the fact that like uh what seems like evident and what might be justice maybe isn't in the scheme of things if you really think about it uh we forgot to mention it but there is a stinger with satu he uh he marries the head nurse and they buy a lavish house together and they're gonna have kids oh and so the implication is that's why he survived to give give life to these kids Okay. And take care of them. I missed the stinger. <laughs> I, I think I saw the stinger. I didn't know there was a stinger. Yeah. Oh, okay. You non-Marvel wow. Marvel watching. <laughs> Seriously. Always wait through the I should just uh, assume there's a stinger. <laughs> You're right. Um, but yeah, like I love all the characters, all the acting, the performances are all great for everyone. Even the little bit people, like, like the cop, Michael, that you talked about. He's freaking hilarious. It's kind of hard to talk about you just kind of have to see him mm. like he even has a look about him that's funny it's a very physical comedy yeah, yeah. Kind of things mannerisms and stuff um i do think you guys are both right the stories are a little uneven there's definitely more weight on some of them i think like akash and alu their stories are kind of the heavier parts mm-hmm. and then b2 and rahul kind of play second fiddle to everything that's going on yeah um so i don't know how you could fix that um i think the only way to fix it would be to make the film longer which would obviously no, turn, no, turn no, you guys no. off. <laughs> I do think it was fine at two and a half hours, but I do love a long movie if, to me, it like earns the time. Because I, I get it, what you're saying, Jason, that you could be shorter. My thing is, like, what do you cut out to make it shorter? And when you do that, I think anything you cut is going to start harming the tone of the film and kind of the message of the film. Possibly, but I could see way. Like, if you focus more on the girl on Minnie, mm-hmm. and she's one of the colors... Because I'm serious, she stole every scene she was in. You know, she was great. I would like to see her be a major character and have her little arc be more impactful, and get rid of you know, like the nurse Rahul, Hmm. because I didn't really care about their story. Then that dramatically changes the film, maybe for the better. Hmm. (laughs) Well, uh, you go make that movie, and then we'll see. I will. I'll do it. Um, Just do it. Super fun. I'm down for the sequel. I hope there's more of uh, Alu and Pinky. I quite loved them. They were my favorite side in the story. Would be great to see more misadventures of them. I still don't like Pinky. Oh, come, on, <laughs> come on, man. Come on. Um, so, yeah, it's not perfect, but I do think it's super fun. And if you dig these kind of movies where there's just these like irreverent like black comedy crime films, I think it's worth watching and worth experiencing. And probably not a waste of your time, I don't think. So I would give this a solid four. four okay. All right. That's fair. Not perfect, but I really loved it and had a great time. Cool. Excellent. Well, I'm glad we got to end this block on a relatively uplifting note. Yeah. I feel like... I feel kind of bad about doing this block. Well, that's what happens when you have no knowledge of this particular genre, and you don't know where to start, you don't know what to do. But I will say that because of this genre, I've started paying more attention. Oh, yeah. Uh, Like... If I'm flipping through Netflix or something and I see a lot of the Indian films, mm-hmm. I will actually pause and read the synopsis yeah. now, like right. which I would not have before. I'd have just blown right on through. Like, mm-hmm. ah, I'm probably not going to be interested in that. 
There were two or three horror films I really want to seek out and watch now where I researched them for this, but I didn't want to do a horror film because I didn't want us to be all in on horror. Yeah, sure. Um, But I do think now this is one, like we can come back to this topic in a year or two years or whatever. And not only will there be even more we can do that we've not explored at all, we'll now have these films as like a reference point to look back to as we keep. Yeah exploring that is that is the cool thing about like world cinema when you start Mm. getting there is that you realize how much is actually there that you've always had access to but you just kind of blew past it Mm -hmm. and that there's a lot of sleepers you know in there of some pretty fucking awesome films like i mean how would i have found like you found you saw you heard saw tumbad before yeah but like if somebody didn't actually tell you you should go watch tumbad you're not going to come across that and oh yeah and click on it. Yeah, it would be a little. It's just sitting there on the prime video yeah, you, marketplace. You really need someone to say like, "Hey, you should check yeah, this out." That's right. totally worth watching. And I hope maybe that's the takeaway from this is that even if you you weren't keen on this block or some of these films, it got you looking in there, and maybe now you can seek out stuff on your own. I know we hooked at least one person on Tombad, and they loved it. So awesome. Yeah, I'm glad for that. That's our mission. Just you know, get it out there. Watch this or avoid this in the case of other movies. 13B. B13. Yeah. Whatever the fuck it is. I don't know what it's called. (laughs) Uh, So next time is a uh, listener. Listener episode. Listener episode. Um, We are going to be checking out a new film, and it's actually got a fun story with it that I'll go over next time. But that's uh, one I saw at Fantasia last year when I was doing the festival screening stuff. We're going to look at Mark O'Brien's The Righteous from 2021. This has been on my queue for a while. Uh, very Bergman-inspired, nice, stark, black-and-white mm-hmm. uh, religious horror. All right. So this will be fun to get into. Uh, but along with this, I think, Michael, we've got a special announcement, right? Yes. Um, I am going to be taking this next block off. I'm going to take just a little bit to do shit that I really need to do. Get a lot on your plate. Yeah. Kids are fucking hard, man. Mm-hmm. Um but yes, <laughs> I'm going to take a little bit of time. You switch some words around in that sentence, you're in trouble. <laughs> God damn it. Wow. Uh, yeah. No, I'm just going to take some time to kind of refresh, rejuvenate. It hit me. We've been doing this for uh, a year and a half yeah. now. Uh, and We haven't missed a, a drop. We no, haven't. we haven't. Going strong. Um, and, and a lot of podcasts do like seasons and mm. stuff like that. Um but where we don't, I'm just going to take a tiny little break. But the good thing is, um, I'm just taking off one block, mm-hmm. I think is how it's going to work out. And the block these guys have chosen is one that I kind of struggle with anyway. They'll talk to with you about it on the next one. I kind of have trouble with those. Oh, yes. So, oh, yes. But they've been dying to do it, so it's kind of a perfect time. Mm-hmm. Dying um, to do it. Uh, <sighs> um, yeah, we're just going to duo it, I guess, you and me, Jason. Yeah, that's cool. We can mm-hmm. do that. Tag team it. Uh, yeah, but pay attention to the socials uh, if you can. Dustin will make some announcements because you guys are going to choose my pick. Yeah, I think that's how we're going to do it. Not Dustin and Jason, but like you guys, the listeners. Yeah, you'll have fun with this. We still want to do three films so we can do justice to the topic. Right, but you guys are going to pick for me. One of you is going to be the new Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and you're going to get to raise my kid, too. So I can just take a goddamn vacation. Is that the trick? Is this like an occult curse? Yeah, it is. <laughs> you're crafting. It is. Uh, but no, I will be back. Um, you also will probably see some articles from me mm-hmm. uh, drop on the website, which if you haven't checked out, we only have one article on there right now just because life is crazy for all of us. But um, 
uh, yeah, if you like reading reviews, hop on there, check it out. Share it on the socials if you want. It helps us out. Please. Please send us movie recommendations, too. We need more for our listener pile. Yeah. They're starting to run a little short on the listener pile. We have a bunch that are cool, but they're also in weird limbo right now where they're not streaming anywhere. Yeah. yeah. So We still have a few to choose from, though. Yeah. Even if we've already chosen your film, like send us more. Send us more. Like Please. Just, just do it. Just okay. do it. Just do it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, next time, uh, and I think uh, I should mention The Righteous is streaming on Arrow. Yes, it'll be on the Arrow player. Which is only like five bucks. It's five bucks. Get Arrow. It's and awesome. They've got a great selection. a ton of stuff on there. they got a great selection. There's also a very nice Blu-ray from Arrow, which I have already bought since I have seen oh. the movie and do quite love it. So, yeah, if you want to watch that before checking out the next episode, uh, the Arrow uh, app mm-hmm. or whatever, uh, Arrow streaming service, tons of shit on there, only five bucks, totally worth getting at least for a month heck yeah um, oh yeah but uh as Especially always with october coming up mm-hmm. yeah yeah as always um keep writing to us keep tweeting at us makes our day um but until next time you have been listening to genre exposure bye everyone take care listening to the prescribed films podcast network home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment the shows on this network all have a common goal providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media the pfpn hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com thanks for listening